How many people do you know who struggle with their health? Chances are, whether they show it or not, most of the people in your life do. And chances are, you're one of them. Whether you're dealing with anxiety, depression, endometriosis, acne, eczema, autoimmune, thyroid, Lyme, brain fog, fatigue, or any other symptom or condition, you're far from alone. Living with symptoms has become the new normal. So no more guessing games. It's time to get answers. Welcome to the Medical Medium Podcast. I'm Anthony William. Hey, everybody. We're talking about neurological symptoms, how difficult they are, and how they can hold us back, both physically and emotionally. These symptoms are confusing and perplexing and just straight out make people question who they are. Over the years, they've pushed people to the brink, to the edge of their own sanity or insanity. And you can never underestimate the confusion, fear, and distrust neurological symptoms create And only the ones that have experienced them know what this feels like. And unless you know how it is to be in their shoes, have some compassion, respect, and kindness as you grab their hand, pull them up, and help them find their way. Because these symptoms bring people to their knees. And in many cases, begging God for help. It seems so unfair. No one gets it. They think I'm fine because I look okay from the outside. They just don't realize I don't have the stamina I once had. I get tired easy. But they don't know that. I was in the grocery store the other day, and as I was standing in line, looking at everyone else, wondering, do any of them feel like I do? I was struggling just to wait in line. I wondered if any of them were struggling as they were waiting in line. They all looked so strong. There was one person having a hard time, it seemed, but I think she was in her 80s. She was even carrying her own bags. But I'm half her age. I have to visit my parents tomorrow. I know they love me, but I know they're tired of hearing me complain. I could see it now. Honey, see another doctor. Get some help. I've already been to so many. Some days are really bad, and other days are even worse. All my symptoms have blended into each other. It's hard for me to even keep track of how I feel. I've been sick too long. If you're someone who doubts what you just heard, please know that people who feel these symptoms struggle in a way that challenges every aspect of who they are. What they go through is very real. And if we haven't been there, we need to keep our hearts open and minds open and realize there are a lot of people out there without answers, without a direction, and are struggling day to day Moment to moment, hour to hour, minute to minute, thought to thought, and prayer to prayer. What was your first experience like? What was it like to get your first symptom? 
Did it freak you out? Did you panic? Many do. Did you run to the emergency room? Did you see your doctor the next day? Was it a panic attack? Did your chest get tight? Was it hard to breathe? Were your thoughts racing? Maybe your heart was jumping. Did you get dizzy? Was the room spinning? Did you feel like you were on a boat? Was there a sensation of tingles on your arms or rest of your body? Were parts of you feeling numb? Did your whole body feel weak? Were you tired on a level you never felt before? Did your body feel like gravity was holding you down and you didn't have the strength to fight it? The feelings of sandbags, were they holding your legs down? Did you experience lots of fatigue? Were there spots in your eyes? Did your vision get blurry? Did you have trouble thinking or putting thoughts together? Or getting your words out? How much body pain did you feel? Any? Were there spasms and vibrations throughout your body? Did that happen to you? Did you have painful or burning skin? Or body pain? Neck, back, or head pain? Were you nauseous all the time? Or your tummy felt like it was flipping with every stressful thought? How overwhelmed were you? How many doctors did you go to? How many specialists? Did you see a neurologist like so many people have? After a battery of tests, MRIs, CAT scans, x-rays, and PET scans? Did you get the answers you needed? Like a label or a name for your symptoms? And if you did get a name or label, are the symptoms still there? These symptoms are bad enough as they are for so many. And in most cases, if they find something, your symptoms may not even be related to what they find. The hard part is no one understands what's causing them. Especially in many cases, all the tests check out just fine or fine enough. If they don't check out fine and something does show up, is there an answer for that? A cause? Is it even creating the symptoms you're feeling? So many people go through this every day and feel lost, and there's still no true resolve. So what's causing all of our mystery neurological symptoms and conditions? Our nerves play a huge role. The vagus nerve, phrenic nerves, sciatic nerve, the pudendal nerve, trigeminal nerve, tibial, ulnar nerve, vestibular nerve. We got a lot of nerves in our body. What do all these nerves have in common? They get inflamed. But wait, wait. Don't get too excited about that word, inflamed, or inflammation, because no one knows why we get inflamed. They got theories about inflammation, but they got holes in them. Some theories get taken seriously, even when they're just a theory, but they become law. Treat it like God, or bigger than God. Oh, wait, more important than God. Actually, above God, or above the universe. But if the cause of hundreds of chronic symptoms and conditions is all theories, not proven, all theories, then that's a red flag to start with. I guess that's why every medical scientific study gets flipped on its side, beaten, kicked, and then shot, and then run over by a train, by a new scientific study, or wait, I mean, a new scientific theory 
And as soon as that theory revives itself and crawls off the train tracks and dusts itself off, another train comes from the other way, runs it over again. And that train is the new study. It destroys the old study. It mutilates it. And no one's held accountable for any mistakes that misled so many people. No one talks about it. All's forgiven. Who cares if some lady was a recipient of a brand new drug that was dangerous and recalled later and killed her? No one cares. Or who cares if some guy got a hip replacement installed and then that was recalled a year later and the parts went faulty, broke, and they just bust it because it was faulty on the assembly line, the scientific assembly line. And who cares if science said asbestos was good for us? Meanwhile, millions have died from it. But science says. And when science has a theory, we have to get on our knees and bow while we have all our neurological symptoms hurting us. Doesn't matter if our knees hurt, elbows hurt, thumbs hurt, pinkies hurt, neck is stiff, tingles and numbness. You better kneel and bow to science. It's the law. I hear this a lot on social media these days. Hmm, where's the scientific proof? Where, huh, where's the study? The scientific study? I don't believe this person has any symptoms. Uh, I think she's faking it. Because she's a doctor. No, wait, if she went to a doctor, yeah. They would have fixed her. They could have. Uh, they would have. They could have would have fixed her. She's a liar. She's not sick. No, science says. They have peer-reviewed studies. Did you know that? Hmm. They have double-blind studies. I say, double-blinder. Give her a placebo. I bet that'll fix her. Uh, hmm. I think I'm going to leave another comment. Where's your scientific proof? As if people with symptoms never went to a doctor before, or multiple doctors before, or looked at scientific studies somewhere or looked for help from the best science had to offer for their health problem. And they're misunderstood. Their symptoms are such a mystery that unless you've been there in their shoes before, will you ever understand? So people will just be like, where's your study? Science should have fixed you. You should be better by now. See a doctor. And this is extremely insulting to the person who's been there and done that. As we're scrambling to find solutions, science tries to stuff theory after theory down our throats, nearly choking us to death, that defy all common sense. Here's a fun one. Food science. Garlic is bad for you 30 years ago. Garlic is good for you a couple of years later. Garlic is bad for you again a couple more years later. Garlic is good for you again. And then a plague comes like we're in now. It's why we're in lockdown and everybody's walking around with their masks on. And garlic's bad for you again. You were probably thinking garlic's good for you again, right? Science says it's bad for you again, even though they used it in the plague centuries ago to save lives. But science says, and when science says, everybody's got to up to, up to, up to, up to, up to, because science said up to. The new study that came out ran over the last study. And that study ran over the next study. And that study ran over the other study. And then the train came by. The train ran over all the sick people and everybody else. And it ran over everyone plus the new study and then the other studies. And it ran over everything. And it just took off. And everybody just sat there saying, what? 
I'm pro-science, but I also don't walk around with a science blindfold on. Do you know why? Because there are a lot of sick people out there that are struggling, and science hasn't fixed them. I'm not going to wear a blindfold and pretend no one's sick and going through hell with years of hardship from their health problems, or ignore and pretend that I don't see the pain and the suffering out there. It's real. Neurological symptoms are a mystery. Most of the time, health professionals don't even know it's even neurological. There's two ways to look at this. You can go by your label, lupus, Lyme, multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, chronic fatigue syndrome, ALS, fibro, POTS, dysautonomia, migraines, trigeminal neuralgia, neuralgia, or any other label. But science and research doesn't know the cause of these labels. These labels are just a way to describe your set of symptoms. The second way to look at this is you can go by all the symptoms you are dealing with. You may be someone that describes your symptoms to others. It's how you acknowledge what you're going through and what you're feeling. You may not even have a label yet. And even if you got a label or name for your set of symptoms you're experiencing, you're still walking around describing your symptoms. My toes are numb and my tingles are on the side of my head. My ear is ringing and my face is vibrating and my nose is twitching and my eye keeps on spasming and my tingles are on my fingers. And the symptoms, they're consuming. They take over your thoughts. They override even the label. But you might be someone that's just looking at your label, and that's all that matters. It's an identification to your struggle. You've been on the search for a diagnosis, and you finally heard. I got Lyme, Lyme, Lyme. I got Lyme. I got Lyme. Well, I got Lyme. I got Lyme. I got Lyme. But you might also be someone that's just looking at your symptoms. So let's start with symptoms first. Many of you out there will have more than one symptom, or even many of these symptoms at once, like tingles and pain, or ringing in the ears and dizziness, or all four of these at once. In order to have any of these neurological symptoms, your nerves need to be inflamed. But remember, don't get too excited about that word inflammation. It's an empty word when you don't know the cause. So let's talk about the symptoms related to the vagus nerve. For the last three decades, I've connected symptoms to the vagus nerve. Taught a lot of doctors along the way about how the vagus nerve works regarding neurological symptoms. The vagus nerve runs from your brain, through your neck, through your chest, down to your stomach. The nerve sits at the tip of the stomach there. When the vagus nerve is inflamed, you can have a whole bunch of symptoms. Get ready for this. Tightness of chest. You can feel like it's hard to take a breath. It can feel like you have a weight on your chest. A tight shirt or even a bra could feel too restrictive and trigger a panic attack. It can make you think about it 24-7 when it's acting up. It gets worse when you walk or move quickly. It can be unpredictable and sometimes worse to not so bad. Some people just get it a couple times a month or after exercising 
or stressful events or an emotional challenge. Some people have tightness of the chest all the time. Now, this is a difficult symptom. Tightness of the throat, feeling a pressure in your throat. Sometimes it's not easy to swallow. You feel strange sensations around your neck. Sometimes like your neck is going to snap. It bothers you to wear a necklace or a shirt or a top. It feels restrictive. And your neck and head can feel really heavy. And then we have vibrations and humming. It's when you feel humming in your chest or feel vibrations in your chest. This can expand into your shoulders and arms. You can feel your teeth chattering or even your nose vibrating or rattling. Let's talk about dizziness. You can feel like you're on a boat, like rocking back and forth. Have you ever felt that? It takes a balancing act to walk or even stand. You can be standing, sitting, lying down, and the room can be spinning when you have your eyes open or closed. You could be trying to get from your bed to your bathroom and barely make it, or your bed to the kitchen and have a difficult time getting there. And then when you're walking along, you can feel like you're about to fall forward, sideways, or even drop down to the floor and fall on your face. You could be someone who has straight out vertigo where you turn your head and you're vomiting and throwing up. Ticks and spasms. Another annoying set of symptoms. Ticks and spasms on the chest, abdomen, could be on your shoulders, arm, neck, and even face. The spasms can be slow or really fast. You could get one on your eye and your eyes just spasming and flickering and not stopping. It's important to make friends with your tics and spasms. Get along with them, because they don't cooperate, and they do their own thing, and you can't tell them what to do. You can't be like, stop that tick. Stop that spasm. Don't be doing that. They just do what they want, so you just got to become friends with them. Let's talk about overall weakness of the limbs. When you feel like not just one arm is heavy, but you feel both arms are heavy including your stomach area feels heavy too, or it lost its strength. And you don't have that gusto in the center of your gut, that strength. You feel kind of weak and you're walking along like, mm, 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 and it's all missing. But what about the neck? And that can feel weak too, where your neck feels like it's going to snap off or fall off, or fall through a pillow as you're laying down. Like, you're laying there, and you're wondering, is my neck going to snap? And then there's a feeling your lower back lost all its strength, and your legs feel like sandbags are holding them down, or they're too weak to hold you up, or you can have all these at once. Let's talk digestive problems, but not the normal kind, the ones that are nerve-related. These neurological symptoms are even more perplexing. Nobody knows these digestive problems are neurological and nerve-related. Tightness in the stomach, nausea, stomach churning, nervousness, anxiety inside the stomach. The feeling that food is not even digesting at all, even though it is. You can feel your food moving through you and it's bothering you. And it may be digesting perfectly fine but doesn't feel like it 
or you feel it's not moving at all and it's stuck, it's a variety of gastroparesis. You can have jaw weakness too during chewing and after chewing. And then there's the feeling of having to run to the bathroom a lot when you don't have to go and you're just sitting there on the toilet waiting, wondering, is anything going to happen? But yet, you're not constipated. Every one of these symptoms are vagus nerve related. Your vagus nerve runs down your neck, down your chest, touches the tip of your gut. You could have tingles and numbness in your stomach, throat, chest, neck. The vagus nerve, when it's inflamed, it's responsible for a lot of symptoms and they ain't no fun. Let's talk about anxiety, another vagus nerve symptom. You know what's hard? Having anxiety on top of all these symptoms. I know that many of you guys have that, and I'm so sorry because it's that difficult. It's a big part of the vagus nerve being inflamed. You can have panic attacks, tightens of the chest, stomach and knots. You feel like the stomach is flipping on its own. I call them the stomach flips. I've seen that for years in people. It can be really overwhelming. Arms can go numb. The anxiety can get really intense. An inflamed vagus nerve isn't the only thing that can create anxiety. Let's talk about the phrenic nerves and all the different symptoms they create. The phrenic nerves, they run from your brain, down through your neck, down into each side of your chest on each side. When these nerves are inflamed, you can have a whole bunch of stuff. Let's go into it. Tingles and numbness on the shoulders, arms and fingers, your pinkies, they could hurt or even feel numb. It's like, ow, ow, my pinky. The thumbs, they don't function the way you want them to. You can even get trigger thumbs where they're like, doink, what? Doink and they move? Sometimes we call that trigger thumb. Ticks, spasms on your arms, your hands, weakness of one arm or the other. The sensation of not being able to feel your hands as you're lying down. So you're lying down, but you can't feel your hands. And then you're lying down and you can't feel your arms or the opposite. Weird sensations in your hands while resting. And then there's cramping in your upper back and shoulders, like between the shoulder blades, pain, really serious pain, sharp pain, and you can't even touch it with anything. You can't alleviate it. And then vibrations of buzzing and humming in your arms, all phrenic nerves. Let's talk about the vestibular nerve now. It's in your ear, the labyrinth of the inner ear, the nerve channel. When this nerve is inflamed, you can have tinnitus, which is ringing or buzzing in your ears. You can have like, pop, 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 poof, poof, humming. You can have any noise. I've heard people describe noises that no one has ever described before. And popping sounds, the vibrations, the ringing can go up and down and change when you're hearing sounds. Or it could get really loud at the end of the day, at night, while you're trying to sleep. So, ah, I'm tired. Mm, mm, try to go to bed now. Let me lay here. When you're trying to go to sleep, that's when it gets just brutal. Time to talk about the trigeminal nerve. This nerve runs through your jaw, connects to your facial nerves, nerves on the side of your head, nerves on the back of your head, nerves in your mouth. When this nerve is inflamed, you can have jaw pain, pain in your teeth, 
teeth and jaw clenching, jaw stiffness, burning gums, pain on the side of your head and throughout your face, electrical shocks in your head and face, like real electrical shocks. Feels like somebody hooked up two wires to you and went, two wires, and it's like shocks. It's like a crack or a pop goes off. I've heard people say, I heard an explosion in my head. And it feels like you got hit by a lightning bolt sometimes where it shocks you and knocks you on the ground. Or it's mild and you're just feeling these little short circuits and shocks in your head and neck or just pain in your jaw every day and you're chewing and it hurts and your jaw hurts, side of your head hurts and you're getting migraines on the back of your neck with the jaw, sometimes even running down your arms. The trigeminal nerve can be just downright brutal and put people through hell and back. Let's talk about the sciatic nerve. That's another fun one or not so fun at all. Runs from your lower back down your legs. When this nerve is inflamed, you can have pain in your feet. So it's like, wait a minute, my foot hurts, but doctor says there's nothing wrong with my foot because it's coming from your back. And that's what's so confusing. You can have a pinpoint pain right on your shin, like pinpoint, where you can touch it. It's right there. And it hurts so bad. And that pinpoint pain isn't your shin. It's coming from your lower back. You get a pain in your knees and the same thing happens. Pain in your thighs, running down your legs, running down your butt, running down your piriformis, your gluteal nerve, all those little nerves going into your butt and everywhere else, killing you. And it's coming from that sciatic nerve. That's like the one that's doing it all. Severe pain in your lower back down to your legs. You can have it both ways, pain in your back down to your lower legs and feet, or pain in your feet, nothing in your back. It's elusive, tricky, the good old tricky sciatic nerve. It's a tricky one. And then pain in all kinds of places. You can feel like burning too, like burning sensations, burning pain, burning on your lower back, legs, burning on your feet. The burning, really annoying. Constant vibrations on your legs and feet with burning or without burning. Numbness on your toes, spasms, and ticks all through your legs. Restless leg syndrome, the worst restless leg syndrome. That sciatic nerve can keep you up all night. Neuropathy, that's when the doctor says, you got neuropathy. And you're like, what? Pins and needles in your feet and your legs. It's really hard for a lot of people. Let's talk about the pudendal nerve. That one, I don't like when that one's inflamed. That one runs from your lower spine to your genital area. When this nerve is inflamed, there's nothing like it. You can have pain in your lower abdomen, pain in your groin. You can feel like you need to urinate all the time. You can have severe vaginal pain. You can have twitching spasms all around your bladder. The pudendal nerve can make it feel like something's itching, like tickling or itching in your genital area. And nothing could touch it or relieve it. You could press it, push on it, pinch it, and it keeps you up all night. It makes you run to the bathroom over and over again. That one is never fun for anyone. Let's talk tibial nerve. Runs down your leg. When this nerve is inflamed... You can have buzzing, humming, vibrations in your leg. 
restless leg syndrome. You could have pain in your heels. That's annoying one there. Pain in the heels. You're walking along and your heels hurt. Is it my Achilles heel? Like, is this a sign? Am I getting some kind of spiritual sign? Is it my Achilles heel? Or the doctor's going to look at your feet and be like, I think there's a bone spur in there. But is there? We're looking for a bone spur. We can't find it. But your heels hurt. And that's the tibial nerve. Could even go down to the toes. You can have pain in the ankles, pain in your thighs, burning sensations in your legs and feet. These tibial nerve symptoms can even make it difficult walking. They're no walk in the park. All these neurological symptoms are so difficult to not only live with, but in many cases describe to your doctor or even to your friend. Uh, well, see, I have these tingles, but they're vibrating. Um, yet I have this pain and it's going down my leg and my left toe is hurting, but yet it makes this weird vibration. Uh, the other day I got dizzy just standing in the kitchen and I turned around and I looked one way because the postman knocked on the door and I almost fell over because I got a dizzy spell. I thought I was having a stroke. I called 911 and then my ears were popping one day and they made a weird noise in my nose. Like my ear popped and it came out my nose. Um, my tongue was vibrating and I told my friend, my tongue's vibrating. And my friend said, what? And, oh yeah, um, my eye was twitching and I couldn't sleep all night long for days. And then meanwhile, after all that explanations to your doctor or friend, this is what they say. So let me get this straight. Okay, your leg is twitching? Neurological symptoms can add up really quick and be really perplexing, really confusing, and you can't keep track of them too easy. So when you try to tell anybody about it, they're lost at the one, two, or the third, or the fifth one. When it comes down to neurological, it's not as easy as your friend having the flu and being like, what's wrong with you, man? Got the flu. Okay, closed, shut case. Uh, what's wrong with you, man? Got a hangover. Okay, done deal. What's wrong with you, man? Got a headache, stressed out. Okay, done deal, man. It's like, it's easy breezy. But the worst thing about neurological symptoms is you can still have all that stuff too. You can have a sinus infection, UTI. You can pick up a heavy box, pull your back out. And the problem there is you got all these other neurological symptoms and now you got to pull it out back. Your friend, he could pick up a 100-pound bag of sand, pull his back out, but he's just got to pull it out back. Yeah, he could catch the flu, but he's got to pull it out back and the flu. If you got the pulled out back and the flu and all these other symptoms, no one understands. And then there's the labels, names given to sets of symptoms. Some we just talked about, like tinnitus, vertigo, trigeminal neuralgia. But then there's fibromyalgia, lupus, chronic fatigue syndrome, multiple sclerosis, Guillain-Barre, ALS, Lyme disease, Parkinson's. These are just some of the common names, the labels you can receive. But even these labels have no definitive symptoms. They mix and match them. And it's really up to the doctor and how he or she is really feeling that day. And where their passion lies or what specialty they focus on. Any of the symptoms that it gave you can fit into any of these labels 
and dozens of more labels. And with each label you get, it's all about the mood or specialty of the doctor. It's about throwing darts. Well, I'm going to throw this dart here. Ooh, good throw. Ooh, the dart made the board. Where did it land? Oh, it landed on lime. Ooh, wait. Grab your dart. Let's do it again. Throw it. Oh, oh, the dart just bounced off the board. It hit the board. It fell on the floor. Oh, ooh, that's idiopathic. A cause unknown. Or maybe when the dart falls off the board, it's in the person's head. Wait, throw another dart. Okay, ready? Ooh, 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 it hit the side of the board. Ooh, that's fibromyalgia. Ooh, the dart landed between fibromyalgia and multiple sclerosis. Does that mean it's fibrosclerosis myalgia? If it's a Lyme doctor, you're getting a Lyme diagnosis. You're walking out of that office with a Lyme stamp on your back. If it's a multiple sclerosis doctor, you might get an MS diagnosis. If it's a doctor that specializes in fibromyalgia, you're going to get a fibro diagnosis. But fibromyalgia is not an answer to what's causing it or causing your symptoms. So you're at the doctor's office. Uh, ma'am, ma'am, uh, you have fibromyalgia. We just got the test results back. It's a disorder where your nerves are overreactive. Uh, excuse me? Uh, what, ma'am? Uh, what, what was that? You asked why you have it? Uh, why do you have fibromyalgia? It's because your body's attacking you. It's called, uh, autoimmune. What, what ma'am? Why is this happening? Uh, we don't know. Uh, it might be your genes, ma'am. Or, uh, maybe it's the food you're eating, or, uh, that's what we hear these days anyway. It's the food you're eating. Uh, or maybe you're just unhappy, ma'am. Are you unhappy? No? Uh, okay, you're happy? Uh, well, ma'am, some people get this from being under stress. Uh, what? What, ma'am? Your stress has been the same for years? No change in your life? Oh, oh, sorry. We don't know why this happens. Here, take this prescription. Also, our nutritionist is on staff. She can help you with your nutritionist needs and vitamins. As you're leaving the doctor's office, they don't know what's causing the fibro symptoms or the fibromyalgia that they named or what's causing the inflammation that's mysterious, where the inflammation is or how it's related to anything. And then you might get one big autoimmune diagnosis in the end. And in the end, it's still all a mystery, cause unknown. It's guessing games every day while the diagnoses can change. It's why you can see 20 doctors, and in many cases, the labels never stay the same. But the doctors' names all change along the way. It's all part of that horrible guessing game. Critical keys to know. Symptoms depend on where the inflammation lies. And all these neurological symptoms are because the nerves are inflamed. But what causes the inflammation? In order for nerves to become inflamed, you have to have something that inflames them. That's where a lot of the mistakes are made. It's why people continually live in their neurological symptom world intermittently or their entire life. We have to know where and why the nerves are inflamed. So what is the cause of all the mystery neurological symptoms? Once injury or an obstruction or a stroke or a tumor has been ruled out, and even then, 
there could be symptoms that are not related to those issues. The true cause of all these neurological mystery symptoms is viruses and toxins. With toxic heavy metals being the main contributor, we walk around with all these bugs in us, viruses, and these bugs have an appetite and they feed off of foods they like. And when they do, they need to go to the bathroom, just like we do after we eat. They excrete what I termed viral neurotoxins. This is toxic waste matter that our nerves are highly sensitive to. Like highly sensitive? I mean highly sensitive. That's where the inflammation comes from. So let me break it down for you a little bit. Your nerves are just sitting there all happy. All's good. They're quiet, calm, minding their own business, feeling fine. And then the bug poop comes. It's on its way. It starts to head to the nerves. As soon as it touches those nerves, your nerves go, help! Shit! They start to blow up and swell, and then you start feeling it. You got the tingles, you got the numbness, got the twitches, spasms, burning skin. You're just not feeling good. You got the fatigue. You got the spasms on your back, spasms on your legs. You got the creepy crawlies on the skin. You can't think good. You got the brain fog. You got the dizziness and the eye floaters. These neurotoxins short-circuit electrical impulses and neurotransmitters in the brain. And when they short-circuit them, everything just goes wacko. They also inflame neurons in the brain tissue, causing mild to severe brain inflammation that's not understood out there by the medical communities. Viruses love to eat toxic heavy metals, and when they do, it makes their poop stronger, the bug poop. The neurotoxins, that's the bug poop. The bugs are releasing them now with toxic heavy metals in them, and this is more allergenic to your nerves. So your symptoms can become more complicated. These neurotoxins can drive up histamines too, trick out the doctor, and trigger inflammation tests with your blood work, and landing you a variety of diagnoses, which means you get a label, yay, such as lupus or Lyme, as if that's an answer. But what doctors and Lyme patients don't know is that the blood labs they're testing for inflammation, then putting a name of a bacteria next to the numbers, but not finding a bacteria, like physically finding one. You can get a neurological Lyme diagnosis without even getting a positive at the lab. Doctors are checking Lyme patients now for Epstein-Barr because of the medical medium information. And Epstein-Barr is one of the viruses behind all the neurological symptoms people are experiencing that are mystery. Epstein-Barr, shingles, HHV6, simplex 1, simplex 2, cytomegalovirus, these are the neurotoxic viruses. They create the neurotoxins. Epstein-Barr being the leader, the more popular one, the one that's in everybody wreaking the most havoc. Shingles being the second one. And then simplex 1, simplex 2 being the third and fourth. These neurotoxins raise inflammation so that 
inflammation tests find inflammation. But here's what's funny. Inflammation tests don't tell you what the inflammation is coming from or where it's coming from. And doctors that are doing the inflammation tests don't know what they're looking for. So they'll do the C-reactive protein test. They'll do the ANA. They'll do the MTHFR gene mutation test, which isn't really a gene mutation test. It's an inflammatory test. Irony? The Lyme disease tests are inflammatory tests. Remember when I said don't get excited or too excited about the word inflammation? Because it's still not an answer. We're still flying blind and the guessing games continue. Let's talk about triggers. Triggers are things that trigger something that triggers something that triggers something. So viruses need to be triggered. Some of the things trigger them that I'm going to talk about, like foods. Eggs trigger viruses because viruses eat eggs. See, eggs aren't bad if we didn't have the viruses that love to feed off of them. And cheese is another one. That's a trigger. And if you got the viruses and you put the cheese in your diet and the cheese in your body, you're like, mm, cheese is good. Oh, this cheese is so good. This is an old cheese. This is an aged cheese. Look at this one. And you're eating it. And then at the same time you're eating it, you got a bunch of viruses sitting around a table and they got the napkins going and the forks and the knives and they're eating that cheese too. And you're triggering them or triggering your symptoms that will come later without you knowing. And then milk, butter, yogurt, kefir triggers things because it's feeding the viruses. And then gluten. And for the record, no one knows why gluten causes problems in some people and not others. It's because gluten feeds the bugs. It feeds pathogens, grows them quickly, and the bugs create more problems. The bugs poop out the gluten. Gluten's more toxic and more allergenic. And then it becomes toxic to the nerves. It's kind of like a gift that comes back to the nerves. And it's not a good gift. And at the same time, since the bugs had a nice meal, they grow quicker and faster. They proliferate. They crank up and then cause more inflammation and symptoms. Oh, you got chronic fatigue? You got nausea now? Um, you got fibromyalgia? Anxiety? It's not because you're a weak person or that your body's finicky or you're faulty or your genes went bad because that's what the medical system will tell you. You got autoimmune and your body turned against you. Instead, your body's crying for help because it's up against pathogens. Your body didn't turn against you. It's fighting for you. The foods aren't the direct cause either. They're not causing the problem directly. You have to have the bugs feeding off the foods so the foods become the triggers. Pooping out the poison then inflames the nerves, causing the symptoms. You can eat the milk, cheese, butter, foods that bugs like, and they'll munch it down, munch it down, and they'll get full, and they'll have to go to the bathroom. And then your nerves are allergic to it, and they get sensitive because it can happen every day for years. It can happen every month for years until your nerves say, I can't take this anymore. You know, like somebody pushes you over the edge, like a friend or somebody else or a family member, and they kind of get on your nerves. Well, it takes time sometimes, 
before you get allergic to somebody, maybe an old friend or whoever it is where you're like, oh my God, I can only spend a couple of hours with that friend before I just get allergic and I got to take a break. Well, your nerves finally say, I need a break. Something's got to change. You know that friend that can eat anything they want? Cheese pizza, bread, pasta, gluten, eggs, dairy, junk food, processed food, fast food, greasy food, fried food. You know that friend? They could do that. They don't have the tingles numbness. They don't have the brain fog. They don't have the aches and pains, the fatigue. They're living their life. Because right now, in that stage of life they're in, their bugs seem to be kind of quiet. Or they don't have the same bugs, or less of them, or not enough of them yet because they'll get them later on down the road. But either way, they can get away with it for a while until they can't. But for now, they can. You're over your friend's house. They scramble an egg, make an omelet out of it. They got some wheat toast, some really bad processed white bread. They slap some butter on it. They got some bacon frying. They got some cream in their coffee. And then they dunk a donut in it. And all's fine at least for now, and then your friend looks at you and says, hey, how's your tingles and numbness or whatever that is, your numbness? How's that doing these days? How's your neuropathy doing? Did you see your new doctor yet? Do you want a piece of toast? Uh, no? Oh, that's right, I forgot, you're gluten-free. And life feels so unfair. And you just think they're stronger than you. And you know what you hear out there a lot? What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yeah, sure. Man up. Man up. Get some hair on your chest. Eat all that food. Get your body used to it. It's okay. Lick that toilet seat. Lick the door handle and then eat a sandwich afterwards. Don't wash your hands. Get immune to things. Get exposed. You need exposure because that's what's going to protect your immune system. That's bad advice. That's not how it works. See? We already have compromised immune systems down here. Our immune system's already fighting so much. So many different triggers, so many different obstacles, so many different pathogens, so many different toxins. And the last thing we need to do is to load it up more. Bad advice. There's a lot of triggers. I've covered a lot of them. But mold is one of them. But mold doesn't create neurological symptoms. Instead, it weakens the immune system, drops it like a rock, so that another bug inside of you can flourish. That's why somebody else in the family can eat mold, breathe it in alongside of you, and they're strong, feel good. But then you're bedridden in the same household. Happens all the time. But it can lower the immune system so viruses can cause more trouble, landing you a mold slash Lyme slash fibro diagnosis. And then tack on a few other emotional hardships, which is another type of trigger. Hardship, broken trust, betrayal, divorces, broken relationships broken friendships. These emotional triggers lower the immune system, then viruses come out to play, cause more trouble. That's why you can have people who go through a loss or hardship and recover physically after they go through shock, and others end up bedridden with these symptoms. They got the viruses. That person who overcame the shock of the emotional event recovered, didn't have the viruses at the right time in the right place in their life to take advantage of their weakened immune system, 
while the other person, who ended up bedridden with the chronic fatigue and the aches and pains and the ringing in the ears and the jaw pain, had the viruses at the wrong place at the wrong time that took advantage of their immune system being down. I want to give you a bunch of healing tools to empower yourself. A good way to look at this is starve the bugs inside of you. That's a win-win. So they have no food. Remember, you're starving the bugs. You're not starving yourself. You're starving them. And then bring in the foods they don't like, but yet your body loves. This exchange is gentle and powerful. You take the food away that feeds these bugs and you bring in the fruits, leafy greens, herbs, wild foods, and vegetables that help kill these bugs. Look, I understand you might be someone that doesn't want to think a virus could be causing your tingles and numbness or any of these other symptoms, and you would rather just think it's inflammation, or it's just food, or it's your digestion being off, or it's your hormones. But that game hides the truth, installs you, and wastes your time until the symptoms get worse down the road, and then you're like, I need answers, and I respect that. So this information is here for you when you're ready. Here are some foods to remove. Number one, eggs. If you're really attached to eggs, replace it with avocados. It's a start. Or better yet, replace eggs with steamed potatoes. This way, with the potatoes, you keep your fats lower and your blood thinner which is another medical medium tool. So you can eliminate a dead bug or neurotoxin easier out of the body. See, if your bloodstream's filled with fat, you can't get any of this out of your bloodstream and out of your body. Every time you want to eat an egg, eat an avocado or a potato, preferably a potato. They're really antiviral, and that's what counts, because it's about getting rid of viruses, prohibiting them, inhibiting them, stopping them, slowing them down, knocking them out, and that's what that does. When we lose that egg, we need something satiating. That's what we usually feel. Like, what are we going to eat now? A breakfast sausage? Uh, bacon? Like, what are we going to get? That avocado? Potato? Those are the options. It's very satiating, and it's the best choice. Food number two, all dairy products. Milk, cheese, butter, cream, kefir, yogurt, all of it. If you're really attached to dairy products, replace them with banana ice cream. If you're someone afraid of bananas because of fruit fear, you should really be afraid of a stick of butter because of stroke fear. Don't be that person that is afraid of a bumblebee and you're running from it and you're running all around and you're running from it. You're scared and you're running to the street and you get hit by a semi. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking you don't do a stick of butter. So I'm wrong over here, and fruit is bad because the banana's got a lot of sugar in it, right? So you think you got me there, I think. But what are you doing? Like, what kind of things are you doing? Doing the collagen, nutritional yeast, apple cider vinegar, charcoal, whey protein powder, fish oils. What else are you doing? That, hmm, where's, there's the bumblebee, the banana bumblebee. The bananas, the bumblebee, there it is. It's got you running. Ooh, got you running. You're heading to the street, and you're heading to the street. You ran into the street, and there comes a semi-trailer filled with collagen. <laughs> you're afraid of banana ice cream, 
Meanwhile, you're doing all this other stuff that's not good for you, even though you don't know it's not good for you because it's all trendy, but it's not good for you. And you're afraid of a banana, which is really good for you. For banana ice cream, you guys, blend up frozen bananas in a food processor. If you're used to butter or sour cream, use avocado and lemon together instead. Replace dairy milk with oat milk. The third food to remove is gluten. You guessed it. (laughs) The best gluten-free grains to bring in, if you're attached to grains, are millet or gluten-free oats. They will not feed the bugs. Millet is the best option if you're a grain person because it's the easiest to digest and most gentle on the digestive system. Let's talk about some other healing tools. Asparagus. That's a good vegetable to bring in, which is really a shoot which is really kind of an herb too. It's kind of a combination. Steam it or eat it raw daily. Helps to nourish and replenish nerves and it's antiviral. Let's talk about some herbs, leafy greens, some wild foods, some antiviral supplements, herbal medicine. Celery juice, 16 to 32 ounces on an empty stomach. Don't add anything in it. It's antiviral. It helps to kill the pathogens. It breaks down the membrane around the virus. You can start slow. If you need to, work your way up. Four ounces, then go up from there. That's one way to do celery juice. You found the home of celery juice here. Now you can learn all about it. So let's talk about getting rid of those toxic heavy metals a little bit. Another herb, which is a leafy green, is cilantro. Throw it on your salads, put it in your smoothies, put it on any dish. It's an herb. You can use as a leafy green. That's a special tool. And it's also antiviral, and it helps remove the toxic heavy metals. Wild blueberries. Now that's a powerhouse right there. It survived thousands of years on this planet in the harsh, worst conditions you could ever imagine. And it adapted to survive. When we eat those wild blueberries, we get stronger because it helps us adapt to what we're up against, like viruses. And toxic heavy metals, that's the kind of food we need for survival on this planet. Think about it. Something that's lasted that many years survived the coldest temperatures. It's been burned to the ground and it has made it this far. And when you've got neurological symptoms and you're struggling and suffering, you're adapting. You want to survive. Your body wants to live and beat it and heal and it will. And wild blueberries help us do that. Wild blueberries and cilantro are part of the medical medium heavy metal detox smoothie that is saving lives around this planet. Another tool you can bring in, lemon balm or licorice root. They're antiviral herbs. You can do the tincture form and the tea form, or you can do both. Make sure the tincture form is alcohol-free. Very important. B12 in the form of adenosylcobalamin and methylcobalamin. B12 helps restore the nervous system the right kind of B12, it really does matter. The details matter. 5-MTHF, methylfolate, really supportive for the central nervous system because when it comes down to restoring your nerves, every little bit counts. When we have viruses, our liver gets stagnant, sluggish, filled up with viral byproduct, viral casings, viral toxins, neurotoxins, dermatoxins, from the Epstein-Barr's, shingle, cytomegalovirus, herpes simplex 1, 2, 
even bacteria, and the liver gets drained over time. The methylfolate is critical for helping to restore the liver so it can convert vitamins, nutrients, and minerals to make them work better for you. Magnesium glycinate, critical for neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitter chemicals need magnesium glycinate. It's helpful for nerve spasms as well throughout the body when nerves get all tied up with those neurotoxins and then muscles are attached to those nerves and then the neurotoxins get between the muscles and nerves and then the muscles spasm because what's really happening? The nerves are spasming. Coconut water, that's a great tool. Electrolytes, think about electrolytes when your nervous system is down and out. You gotta think about electrolytes with that. Nerves need mineral salts. But not just plain old whatever mineral salts. They need that celery juice. They need that coconut water. They need those kind. Viruses put a strain on our electrical impulses, our neurons, our neurotransmitters, our glial cells in our brain, and electrolytes are critical for that. That strain is neurotoxins entering our brain, short-circuiting our electricity. And mineral salts are a key weapon for healing. Another tool is the medical medium time tea or water. It's antiviral. So what are we up against? Viruses? Yeah. So antiviral. Well, the time tea, the time water is a great way to knock these viruses back. You can get the free recipe for time tea or water and the medical medium heavy metal detox smoothie recipe at medicalmedium.com as well as the supplement directory of the supplements that I would trust for myself, my friends, and my family. If you're someone who knows the medical medium information in books, you know you can customize the protocols to go as far as you want with your healing process. As we live our life with neurological symptoms, we often gain wisdom far exceeding our years, and at the same time, learn more about ourselves than anyone can ever imagine or experience unless they were challenged in the way you have been. Your healing journey should always be respected and protected and never forget it. As you go through life, you heard it from others, you look all right. Everyone around you will say you look healthy, strong, and fine. They just don't know that inside, it feels like you are living a lie. They truly believe that from the outside of you, all is well from their eye. And how is it possible that you are not one of them? Someone who seems to be truly unstoppable. Instead, they don't know you're crying inside. As you see them outside on the streets, everyone enjoying themselves and living their lives, and seems like nothing is wrong with anyone else out there. You're just one of a kind. They just don't know. And whoever knew that you would have this inner struggle and someday they may have one too. But there is so much more to life when your sickness allows your soul to grow like no other around you. And over time, it's going to show. One thing's for certain, that you will overcome this blow. Nothing can stop you or get in your way. Nothing will hold you back from you healing. You're done hearing the word no. Ignore what they say. And you're finally going to be able to let go as you're on your way to feeling less pain, 
as your faith grows stronger and your conviction is longer, your troubles are over, you're more than the person you were, and you are not just older. When medical science gives us no answers to why we're sick, but keeps us fooled by the smoke and mirrors as they perform their shtick, telling us they have answers, but in the end, the smoke dissipates quick. As they try to convince us that more answers are coming just around the corner, you turn your head, you look twice, and behind you, they're no longer. We waited 70 years for the medical magical show, you know, to solve all of our problems with our neurological woes. Only shows us perfectly clear that the spiritual war around us and above us is near. When a mother who has been battling neurological symptoms throughout much of her adult life watches her daughter do the same while living in strife and wonders why there aren't real answers yet shows us that the spiritual war is real life. As the blatant negligence, ignorance, and disrespect from the industries in health cause more harm on the people and drain their wealth, never exposing the true causes and keeps everything stealth. As they completely drop the ball in chronic illness, they sit back and laugh at us all as everyone takes the fall and the sick take the flack. They stay in their deep slumber, denial, and never lower their ego. Shows us that the spiritual war is good versus evil. Inflammation is an empty word. Without knowing the cause and blaming us, it has no place in this world. It's as empty as the soul of the industry that has no knowing of why we suffer and stamps out drugs to hand out to one another. As we lose precious time and many of our days, we then go on a search looking for alternative medicine ways. And even then, there's still a system set in place that teaches us that we're the reason we're sick and it's not the pathogens we've been infected by the evil pin prick. No, it's our fault we're told we're the reason we're sick. They take no responsibility within the system that's set in place to teach us otherwise so we have a fighting chance to heal and shift us out of our headspace. You keep on handing us diagnoses and medical themes, constantly giving us false hope with theoretical medical dreams. And then when they believe that they know the reason, they stamp out a diagnosis as we say, thank you, please. And they say, see you next season. So I say to you, with all that I know and all that I live by, you have the right to heal, live your life, and move forward, and at the same time, not allowing a part of you to die. When you've been sick, you're not alone. From here on out, you're not on your own. You can get your life back and take control. Nothing will stop you now. You're on a roll. We can rise out of the ashes together. See, I believe in you, and I know you can heal. As you guys know, I'm not a doctor. Any information you learned here, feel free to take to your doctor or healthcare provider. If you found this show helpful and informative, feel free to share it with someone in need of the information. If you like this show, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Medical Medium. And for more information on healing, please visit medicalmedium.com. 
Thank you so much for listening.